everybody and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. And this is officially our 100th episode. Well, we've done a little bit more than that. We got the Patreon episodes and we did some early guest episodes which weren't numbered. But uh, yeah, this is episode 100 and uh, I don't know, it's nice to be in the triple digits now. We've been doing this two years, I think, right? Pretty much, yeah, just just about almost two years, I guess, or something. I guess it's got to be if we're doing more than a hundred. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I think we did the started the Patreon maybe in March or April or something of that same year, and uh, pretty cool. I don't know. It's probably the first time that I've had a project that I worked on for about two years and just kept with it. You know. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know. Big big on flaking on things. So I haven't <laughs> Me done too. that too much on this, but. Uh, yeah, so good times. I don't know. Yeah, that's the real thing here is like, can Tom and Don actually maintain like effort on something <laughs> for longer than like two weeks? And so far, so good. Yeah. Quality yeah. is steadily dipping and decreasing, but we're still putting out the episodes, giving you people something to listen to. So that's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, you're like our parole officers, basically. <laughs> right, so yeah. So just check in. This is the Big yep. Brother program, basically, for ex-trolls. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, for making small improvements in our lives too and stuff. So yeah, yeah, seems to seems to help. I don't know. Seems to help kind of slowly push things along. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. So we didn't have anything super special planned for today necessarily. We thought we would just kind of go through some questions and do a big Q and A episode. So uh, it won't be anything super special, but it will be you know one of those episodes. So hope you enjoy. Okay, so for the first question, we're gonna. Uh, this one is an anonymous one. Um, do you guys ever think about how Tom is basically C three PO and Donald is R two D two? R two D two. Tom is a tall, gay, golden robot, very obvious, and Donald is a short, stocky sidekick who speaks in unintelligible quips that the audience assumes are funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Someone like posted know. a. a I guess someone posted it on Twitter or, or I saw it in the Discord. I forget where I saw it, but someone uh, said something along those lines that like C-3PO and R2-D2 are basically us. And I, yeah, I guess it, it's got to be me as C-3PO and you as R2-D2, right? Like that kind of just, yeah. you got the, even the color scheme of R2-D2 with the Blue Jays stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that you uh, whine in that way, though. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I got to defend you on that one. You're not like uh, prissy or whatever, like the robot kind of thing. I, I agree, but it's not up to me, you know. It's up to the people. So if, they, if that's <laughs> how I come across to them, then that's what it is, you know. Sure. But it's all good. I do have like the linguistic capabilities, I guess, right? Like C-3PO knows all sure. those different languages. He talks to the Ewoks yeah. and stuff. That's kind of like me. You know, I'm like in the same way that, uh, that C-3PO can translate for the rebels to the Ewoks, I translate for the Kufar in the West to the, the Muslimin, you know, so. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I, I got I got the basic shape of R2-D2 down, too. <laughs> like that one kind of works, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, like, taller and golden, <laughs> I guess, because I'm blonde, and then you're, like, yeah. shorter and stockier and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, we, we approve so. of this, so this is our, like, I don't know. That's our Star Wars alter egos, I guess. Sure. 
Okay, this one says, if someone tries to anally swab me for COVID, I will murder them and their families. And that's fair enough. It's not a question, though. Yeah, not a question, but I I, uh, I don't know. I feel like that is one thing that we lucked out with the COVID swabs and stuff, that you, is that you can swab it. Like, if we had to do blood tests for that, that would have just been like a whole... You know what I mean? If you had all these millions of people doing blood tests all the time. Yeah. How come that, that How come so you annoying. just said that we got we lucked out that we get to anally swab for COVID oh. and you're all happy about this <laughs> and I'm the one that gets accused of being gay? I, just, nah, I get the raw end of that. No, no, no. I, I meant that like we get the nose swab or whatever. Like that's, that's, <laughs> sure, uh, Don. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, have you gotten tested yet ever? No. No, I haven't. Okay. I, I don't leave yeah. the house. I don't see the point. I feel like if I were to go <laughs> to get tested or vaccinated, I'm increasing the chance of spreading it. So I'm actually better than all these people, you know, Kamala Harris or whatever, being like, go get your shots. That's so good. I'm staying put. I'm thousand year quarantine all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to be able to go places, but you know, I, I sympathize with your, uh, Heroic stand. Um, okay. It's a sign of weakness to want to leave the house, I think, at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay, how about this one, Don? Uh, what's the background on Donald's trolling with the Japanese Empire where he says it was resisting imperialism? It's a very funny bit and a thing I can imagine someone saying, but I'm not sure who it's supposed to be about. No, so I, I'm sorry. I have to reject this question uh, outright by saying I have never said that Japan was anti-imperialist. I said that Japan is still imperialist and is planning on taking over. Right. That's so, what I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, Tokyo's machinations are uh, trying to, you know, they're trying to puff up this China versus U.S. kind of thing, which is just bunk. It's all, it's all goes back to Japan. All the roads go back to Tokyo. And um, the actual, uh, it was anti-imperialist in World War II thing was not like, it it was more widespread than you would think, I think, like as like a real position by people. I think that mm -hmm. like some some people in like the black community and stuff thought that way, too. Like it was like a basically epic reversal thing kind of thing. It was like, well, because because the whole thing was like Asia for Asians kind of thing. Right. For Japan. It was yeah. like we should have our own sphere of these uh, and kick out all the colon like colonial people and. And uh, let Europe worry about its own problems and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, if you were like, you know, I, I can understand why someone might think that if they uh, were like suffering terrible racism all the time and were then being told you have to join the army to fight for it kind of thing. I don't know. People thought that in Vietnam, obviously. Mm -hmm. So like uh, in Vietnamese war stuff. So I kind of get that. I don't know. I, yeah, obviously, I don't really buy it, but yeah, yeah, they were big supporters of the uh, like the Indian Independence Army. I forget what it's called now. It was something Liberation Army. Uh, they were it was very like anti-British, right? Like the Axis yeah. powers were all like strongly anti-British. That was one of their main opponents. So if you if you kind of view the British Empire as like this racist imperialist thing, then you can kind of see how the Japanese would fit in as like this anti-imperialist counterweight or whatever, but it doesn't really yeah. 
I don't know, that kind of stuff, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It kind of feels very uh, utilitarian or whatever, like kind of throwing out sure. all the like the humanity of the situation and all the misery that's actually being caused by both sides and just seeing it as like, well, which is like a math problem or something, but that's not, I don't know. That's yeah, not yeah. the best way to view these things, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know. And especially because like, yeah, it's not like the Japanese uh, were good occupiers too in the countries. They're almost like genocidal towards Chinese and stuff. So I don't know. It's not like, yeah. it's not. <laughs> I mean, and they were genocidal in uh, those smaller islands and stuff. I don't know if that was during yeah. World War II or whatever, but. The lead up to it. Yeah. And stuff yeah. probably. Yeah. Both. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anytime that people try to be too clever about some certain stuff like this just doesn't. Unless they're like me and they're saying that Japan is still powerful. <laughs> I don't know if you're saying that. Well, that's, that's just then, facts. Uh, then yeah. I support it. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do think it's going to be weird, though, in the next 10 years or so, if Japan rearms, like, openly kind of thing. Like, they keep pushing to make changes to the Constitution and stuff to, like, repeal the peace parts and stuff. So, if it had, like, a real military... I mean, most of it's just going to be, like, contractor bonanza kind of stuff, I guess, but... Uh, it would be annoying to me if they got on that road again of all that saber-rattling kind of stuff. So, oh well. Yeah. It's never good when anybody does that, really. Yeah. Um. All right. How about this one? If I could go back in time, I would go to the year 2006 and skin Christopher Hitchens alive in front of his children. I wonder if this is the same person that said they were going to kill the COVID people's families and stuff there's some very violent people out here yeah i don't know i feel like uh he he was already on the way out at that point right wasn't he so like what's the what's the gain here i don't know just just for it's like more punishing his yeah i children. don't remember when he died i i feel like he had to have died under obama like i feel like 2010 or 2009 or something maybe i don't know it was definitely pre-trump yeah oh for sure yeah yeah no it's been a long time but I think it would be better if they did something like promote like an idea that he he converted to Islam before his death or something. <laughs> Just kind of like promote that online as like a, I don't know. I think that would be a better meme because it would probably just make more people angry. But I don't know. I, I guess skinning him alive in front of his children would make people angry too. But there was there was too much of that anyways going on in the mid 2000s. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of him at all. I really yeah. dislike him very strongly, but. I, the killing people's children and families to get back at the person seems weird like imagine if you are the like the wife or the kid of one of these people and this guy is like oh they tried to anally swab me i'm gonna go kill their family and someone breaks into your house and is like i'm gonna kill you and you're like why it's like well, you stuck a q-tip up my ass it's just kind of like <laughs> like yeah, this yeah. is why i'm gonna die yeah. All right. How about this one? I got on disability for mental health stuff last year on the advice of my doctor and unemployment officer. I didn't lie on any forms, but I still feel oddly unscrupulous for getting it. What gives? Thanks, guys. Love the show. I yeah, kind of understand that. It, it's sort of like when yeah. you go on welfare or whatever, I guess. Yeah. At the same time, if your doctor and unemployment officer said to go on it, uh, that probably means you're in the top tier of cases that probably should get. I can't, I don't feel like, uh, they're pushing marginal cases onto it. For me, I had to kind of like go through a tribunal and stuff to like actually get it approved and everything. So, uh, yeah, I feel like you're probably not 
uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you feel like you're getting away with something, it's probably not the the case. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, if 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 you're able to use it as a time to then make improvements and get off of it eventually, that's like their that's their goal and that's your goal too. Then I guess right. Like it's not like it doesn't have to be permanent or whatever too. So and if it helps, then you got to think that like there's so many things in the economy that are just poorly thought out windfalls that people get that even if it were true that you didn't feel like you deserved it, it's like there are people that just get like random inheritances and stuff, you know, like just, yeah, just to, there's so many like weird transfers people get or weird penalties that it's like, don't overthink it too much. If you're getting like a small amount of money each month for surviving kind of thing. So, right. And there's that like kind of meme sort of saying that people say that I think it kind of makes sense where it's like, it's your money. If it's like a government yeah. program, that's your money. You're paying taxes for that stuff. Other people are using it, which you're paying for. So you should be able to use it too. There's no reason in having this kind of like, you know, bad feelings about it. And uh, there's definitely plenty of people that take advantage of others for all kinds of different reasons using this sort of stuff. So, you know, you're getting offered something that you should have. You just take it, you know, take advantage of it. It's not, uh, doesn't reflect poorly on you, I don't think. Okay, someone said penis is bad. Uh, sorry to hear that. Maybe you can uh, do some cock push-ups or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, sort of an odd comment. Um, I wonder if that's a reference to that thing I saw. Uh, it was... I can't remember the name of the author. It was some children's author that kept like a very... Uh, was very diligent about keeping a diary and would write little notes about the state of his penis. <laughs> like, penis oh, is really? tender, penis is not good. <laughs> All this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, which funny. is a little odd. But I guess yeah. he didn't think people would be posting yeah. about it on Twitter a uh, hundred years later, so not yeah. really his fault. Do you have Do you have a penis journal? No, I don't. You just, okay. <laughs> do you? Fair enough. So, yeah, everyone in Canada does. We all have our own. Oh, really? Uh, we get one from the government. Yeah. You guys have just, a funny uh, name for it? Like, no, I'm just joking. Toke and Loonies. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a weenie journey or something. Yeah. Um, all right. Shouldn't people be happy about American capitalism? We would have Diet Coke without it. I think they meant we would not have Diet Coke without it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I always feel weird about these, like, about, like, capitalism, good or bad questions, because, uh, it, it implies some sort of choice at some point that no one ever had kind of thing or whatever, or if they did have, it was, like, overwhelmed with force or something. It wasn't, like, a real up and down, okay, either way we go, we go socialism or capitalism at this point kind right. of thing or something like that kind of thing, right? So it's kind of like getting mad at, like, the development of math or something kind of thing, you know, like, it's just, it's just, like, Something that evolved over time and you just get angry about it. I don't know. It's like, you know, I mean, in terms of like comparing systems and stuff like that, like it's all one big system that evolves over time. I don't know. Right. It's hard to sort of, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's true with the, that like, you know, okay, maybe we get some junk like uh, Diet Coke or whatever. But like, it's like, it's funny because it's like, uh, um, I feel like a lot of these things are just solutions for, they're like evolving out of problems that sort of came out of the system itself kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like, like you don't need necessarily to have 
a, a sweet beverage to survive day to day or whatever. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, there's not necessarily a problem with just eating normally. I don't know. Yeah, but like, I mean, uh, people have always drank sweet beverages. Like, it, it hasn't really no, no, been no. a... It's not like it evolved well, directly out of like a need that capitalism created or whatever. But I, I take your point. Like sure. Yeah. That's that's what I mean though. Is that like it's like uh, if it were capitalism that invented Diet Coke or something, it's like do you know what I mean? Right. It's like uh, if if uh, if this was the solution, it's like yeah, but what are the trade offs for that? We would probably I mean, have so, come up with it anyways. You know. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Or we'd be having uh, kvass because like the Russians would have given us like socialism and all that you know if communism won out then we'd be drinking russian stuff and i think mm-hmm. that that would be better actually so okay you ever had so that before we're both no i don't think so i think you told me about it though it's like is it some sort of milk thing or something or no it's a very lightly fermented drink so sort of like how kombucha okay. is fermented you know and sure. i think in russia they make it out of like rye bread and it's uh it's very refreshing it's sort of a like a summertime lemonade sort of a thing, you know, like you, like a refreshing drink to have during the summer, that kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, I should try some. Maybe it'll like resonate with my genes or something like that. I'll like. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, <laughs> it'll give me like superpowers or something. Yeah, yeah then you'll so. be joining the Ukrainian Cultural Center and become leader of the <laughs> World Anti-Communist <laughs> League and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And then we would have to say, you know what? It was better with capitalism when we had Diet Coke. I, I think this whole Kavas <laughs> yeah. situation has gone out, out of hand. All right. Um, can nudist be Muslim? Uh, yes, but the whole nudism thing is kind of problematic with uh, Sharia. So you can't you can't really do that and say that you are abiding by the standards of like public decency that the Sharia sets. Uh, whether you're a man or a woman. So that's a problem. But you can be Muslim as long as you... Be- like, you, you can be a Muslim and then not follow the Sharia. Like, that's possible. It's not something you should do necessarily. But, yeah, anyone can be Muslim, technically. So what are, like, the clothing regulations? Are they, like, stipulated somewhere? I thought... I, I knew that there was, like, the two things. Like, one, I thought it was, like, emulating... Muhammad's like dress or something was maybe part of it and then I thought like I know women are maybe supposed to encourage to like be modest maybe but like I don't know anything beyond that okay sure so of both men and women have the same basic concepts in place where there's a certain area of your body that is considered like your private area that should not be seen except by your Well, I was going to say except by like your family and stuff, but it doesn't mean like you should be showing it to your family. It's just that like it's not, you know, people outside of your what's called your mahram, which is like basically people who you could be married to should not see these parts of your body. Right. So Mm -hmm. for women, it includes uh, like the hair. So that's why the hijab is a thing. Um, And it. Like there's differences of opinion about the like real specifics of this, but basically it's everything except your hands and your feet. Like in public, it shouldn't be visible and it shouldn't, the clothing also should not be form fitting, you know, so you can't really like wear like spandex stuff that like clearly shows the body, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, there, you know, there's exemptions for this. So, like, if you have a job, like 
um, a very standard example is like someone who works in the market and is giving things to people, you know, exchanging money and stuff for goods. Uh, it's okay if their, their like forearm is exposed a little bit in the, just sort of incidentally, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and you can see people who like work in fields like that. There's sort of, you know, it's like a basic standard, but then there's like exemptions made based on the situation where it's like, as long as you're not trying to like display things for the purpose of like, you know, like titillating other people or just to kind of, you know, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's okay. Um, for Mm -hmm. men, the aura, which is the private area is from the knees to the belly button. It's a, encourage that you cover your head as well so traditionally a lot of men would wear those little caps and uh in certain places they would even kind of wear like the whole niqab hijab sort of situation mm-hmm. um which is like there's sort of like interesting things so like in the in north africa there's a group of people called the tuareg that live in the sahara and they're like very you know it's a very extreme environment and they are both men and women completely veiled all the time. And that's just like practical, right? Like sand is blowing everywhere and stuff. So there were mm-hmm. some debates about like prayer because during prayer, you actually can't have your face veiled. So people who wear niqab actually have to like flip the niqab up to pray a valid, like pray a valid prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. so there was an exemption made for these people because like it's part of their cultural dress. It's like a custom of their community. And so that's not, it's not considered a problem and stuff. So you can just see how there's a lot of like leeway given to like circumstance, you know? So there's a standard that's set that is derived from the Sunnah and the teachings of the prophet and stuff, but in the Quran and, you know, on the, on the basis of that, we have like a, a default but that default isn't like rigid it's it's like okay well if in this place they do things a little differently or this person has a certain occupation that it's not really you need to accommodate it a little bit you can't really just strictly abide by the default then you still recognize what the what the default standard is but you understand also that there's you know exemptions and stuff um so, yeah that makes sense. so there's that yeah. there's also so besides the aura, which is like that private area that I described, which is different for men and women, there's also something, I can't remember the Arabic now, but it translates as like the two evil ones or the two evil things. And that's like, you're, you absolutely, you can't show that to anybody kind of a thing. And that's like your asshole and your front like genitals, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I just think it's funny that there's, they're called the two evil ones. In Arabic, it's very <laughs> yeah, common to, to refer to things as like, the two whatever like there's kind of like a a grammatical phrasing that makes sense to do it that way so whenever there's like a pair mm-hmm. of things it's always like term that way but it sounds pretty funny in in english yeah so yeah so in, in regards to modesty modesty is encouraged for both men and women a lot of people kind of have this idea that it's it's really placed foremost on women and maybe in practice that is the case but in a kind of theoretical sense or like in an ideal sense, it's supposed to be both men and women. In fact, the Quran encourages men to avert their gaze before it encourages women to cover their bodies and stuff like that. So um, men are not supposed to even look at women that are uh, outside of their mahram. Like uh, you you can 
sort of, you know, if you're like just talking to someone, you can look at them or whatever. But the prophet was extremely shy and he was known for this. This was something that was, it was like considered unmanly in traditional like pre-Islamic Arabian culture. So it was one of the parts of his personality that really reshaped the the culture. Um, he, he was sort of interesting, like he, in the sense that he was, he embodied a lot of the traditional, like masculine kind of macho attributes, but also uh, more feminine ones, you know, traditionally feminine ones. So like he was, he worked in, in his house and he like helped with the cooking and the cleaning and stuff. And he was very gentle with women and stuff like that. He wasn't like braggadocious about anything. Um, and he was also very shy. And that is a very like elevated value or attribute in Islam. The the idea of like being modest as a responsibility that you hold yourself, like that you don't uh, you don't like look at people of the opposite sex who you're not, you know, already in a relationship with or who aren't in your family. Like you kind of like are very modest about that and that uh you know even like the shaking of the hands thing you know uh that's an issue sometimes it comes up that's sort of part of it like you, in certain mud hubs you aren't supposed to even touch people like including just shaking hands and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um you know it's one of those things where it seems kind of weird in a modern western culture but i think when it's like just the norm it's not so much like this big like anxiety about it you know it's just like that's the standard it's just a cultural standard that it can be one way or the other and that's just the the way that it's uh established in islam yeah that's cool yeah that's interesting yeah i didn't know all the details so that's cool i don't know i have, i don't know the i'm not really sure what the equivalent is in christianity i think it's like something to do with adam and eve or something and hiding their shame and whatever and stuff like that i don't know yeah, so. that I mean, that's not something that's emphasized very much in Islam, but that could be where that idea originates. I don't really know, to be honest. Yeah, there's some ideas that people have about the the hijab specifically, about the way that that was, because that existed before Islam. Islam didn't like come up with this thing, you know. So people sure. in Persia and in Anatolia, like the the Byzantines their noble women would cover it completely like in the way that we see like niqabis covered today and, and mm-hmm. that muslim women covered like historically and uh that so that was for the nobility right and that was like a sign of nobility it was a sign of like you know these people are like reserved for their husbands and families and stuff that kind of a thing and it, mm-hmm. it was like a uh, it wasn't about oppressing those women it was about signifying their status in society so some people have mm-hmm. argued that the mandate that all women all muslim women wear hijab is, is sim- doing a similar thing where it's signifying the status of of muslim women that they are all of this kind of higher status and they should all be treated with the same kind of respect and reverence and there there may be some validity to that i don't know i can't really speak to that but it's a it's sure. an interesting idea Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it it uh, it really clashes with the modern sensibilities about gender, where it's supposed to be like everyone is equal, and there's like this sort of you want to neutralize the whole gender issue as much as possible. And Islam doesn't do that. It sort of embraces the idea of this binary, and 
it's instead of seeking to neutralize it, it's it's seeking to. I don't. What's the word to, like, affirm them in a positive way, so that it doesn't feel like one is superior to the other, but instead, like, they have different duties, responsibilities, different role to play, and you know, I think that's true in most traditional societies and traditional cultures, and uh, most religions are like this. I think. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not necessarily going to be great it really depends on the circumstances but i also don't think like the the modern sort of like gender is fake everyone is just like whatever they want to be sort of a thing is necessarily all that great either i don't think that either of these have some sort of inherent problem or that either of them have like this magic solution to a bunch of problems either yeah yeah i think that's true um yeah i don't talk about that that side of things much because i just don't know like, you know, like I don't, I haven't read like a lot of theology of gender and all that kind of stuff, whatever, or like related things. So I just try to keep out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's not something that especially interests me, to be honest. I kind of just go with my gut with a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just like treat people well, you know, respect people. It's not that hard to just kind of do the right thing, I feel like. Sure. Um. Okay. So let's move on here. Do you guys think you could be a better leader than our politicians? Sometimes I think so, but then I realize I have trouble not spilling food on my clothes. Feels like I should master that before taking on larger projects. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, spilling food on your clothes is an issue. (laughs) Yeah, I would be terrible as a politician. As like an actual politician, um, like having to do all the shaking hands and knocking on doors and making arguments in public and all that kind of stuff. Not going to do it. Not going to be able to do that at all. Um, If it was like one of those magical things where they just kind of insert you as the leader, you know, like it was just like, if you were put made president tomorrow or whatever, or prime minister, could you do a better job? Still no for me. I think (laughs) I, I, uh, (laughs) I might be able to make a few decisions better, but like, I don't think I'd be able to sort of like out weasel the other people or like, make you know plan a few steps ahead and then you know be able to take on the different interest groups and all that i think i'd be bad at it i have a lot of opinions on what should be done in different ways but like i i'm not going to be able to figure that out myself i don't know um yeah and i have no interest ever in doing that either like i don't have any compulsion at this point to try to become a politician or something like that that's just very alien to me at this point i don't know i feel like uh I don't know. I have a very, maybe, I'm not sure what the word is, maybe like classical liberal or something view on that kind of stuff, where it's like, there's something wrong with you if you try to become a major leader or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyone who's seeking power like that should not be given it. It should be someone who's reluctantly like, well, okay, I guess so. Yeah. And I I wouldn't even be reluctant. I just would not do it. I don't know. Like (laughs) if people were like, well, that makes you the best person for it. Like, no, 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 no. In this case, it just really means that we're going to get like, you know, be left in a post-apocalyptic situation once I'm done. So, yeah. I think I would be a lot like Trump where I would just be really bored with all the stuff that people were, oh, you got to do this. You got to read this. I would kind of be more interested in like the fun kind of, I don't know, I guess he was into golfing. I would be like the gamer president or something. Um, but yeah. I feel like you and I can make a good team in that way. Like you could be the Henry Kissinger to my Nixon sort of a thing. Sure. 
Yeah, that's true. Like I could be an advisor or something, but I would never take any blame. That's the only problem. So if something goes wrong, I'm not, you know, it's not my fault. So That would be the fun part for me would be everyone like, I don't know why, but I just love it when people are all upset about stuff that I don't take very seriously. And then I can kind of just like be like, yeah, what's the big deal? Why don't you go have a piece of pizza and sit down? Has the DSA gotten any less cringy? Uh, I haven't heard anything about the DSA in like a year. Yeah, it sort of got subsumed into the Bernie campaign and then the Bernie campaign uh, imploded and then, uh, I don't know. So there's probably lots of stuff going on that I just, I don't know much of the details of, but like, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a, it attracted a lot of, it's over 90,000 members now or something, which is pretty cool, I guess, for them and like, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, you got to think that like 90,000 members sounds like a lot, but it's still like a tiny, tiny thing in American politics, you know? Yeah. And they've got like a few people that are sort of associated with them in Congress now that I don't know if they, a lot of them are not like, you know, they don't think of themselves as like springing from DSA and being accountable to DSA in some direct way. It's not like if AOC says something that uh, DSA disagrees with or something, they're not going to be able to rein her in or whatever. It's just, she's completely their own thing now, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, but I don't know. I, I I feel like a lot of it is, is a bit silly, but like, uh, I, I, I think it's pretty cool that there are these socialist organizations and whatever all over the United States now. And, you know, they're, they're figuring things out. It's going to be cringe because uh, a lot of these people have only been doing this for like a year or two. And they're sort of rushing through all of the, you know, menu to socialism kind of stuff. And, right. uh, and uh, so if you give them some slack and see where it goes in a few years or something, maybe they'll be, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. There's only so much 90,000 people can do. I don't know how many members the NRA has, but I assume it's like a million or more, you know, so. No, it's yeah. probably huge. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still waiting for the National Democratic Socialists, you know? Yeah. That's kind of more my mm-hmm. speed. Sure. Okay, we'll just do this one real quick. It says, does Michael from episode 20, Pizzagate is Real, have a Twitter presence or pod? So this is talking about our beloved Professor Pizzagate, who is a recurring guest and who often offers his expertise on various things, especially relating to science and uh, the, what's he called? The pedo, uh, the the pedophrocracy or whatever the the you know the pedophiles that control the world that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. so he does not have a twitter account anymore he is uh he's a better muslim than me you know he he really takes it uh to a level uh where he it it upsets his his like spiritual heart you know he doesn't want to get involved with all that kind of stuff that goes on on twitter so he doesn't bother with that but uh we do talk to him on uh whatsapp and stuff like that pretty regularly he does not have his own podcast but he also appears on the wonderful podcast exhaust pretty frequently i think he's done a couple episodes two or three episodes on there so you can go check him out on on that and i would just recommend that podcast regardless you know it's a great podcast Mm -hmm. um is eating turtles haram i don't know about that um okay so it appears that they are considered haram in the Hanafi, Shafi, and Hanbali schools, which is, that's the majority, so it means the Malikis, 
say that they that all non-poisonous and hazardous land and marine animals are halal, except that which is expressly forbidden. So Malachis can eat them, and I don't know what uh, the Shia say about that, actually. Probably probably uh, haram. I think they tend to be more restrictive about uh, diet. Have you ever eaten pilaf? No. Have you? No. No. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure what it's supposed to taste like. I feel like it's going to be leathery or tough or something. I don't know. We'll see. Eh. That probably depends how you prepare it, you know? Sure. I don't know if they're fatty animals. That's the the thing. I'm not really sure. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Before converting to Islam, I was horribly abusive to a previous partner. I lied and took advantage of this person completely and was physically abusive. Now I've heard that on the day of judgment, people will not be able to take a step unless they are forgiven by those who they have sinned against. This person has no reason to forgive me, and I feel that bothering them to ask forgiveness would only hurt them. What should I do? Uh, that's a very good question, and uh, let me just preface this by saying I'm not, you know, qualified to give you very specific advice or to, you know, to delineate anything really about the uh, like the fic matters of this. But from what I've read, the it is true that you need to seek forgiveness from people when you violated their rights prior to your death and that that will kind of take care of things for the day of judgment if they forgive you if you can't do that or if it's better not to like this person is saying that they feel that bothering them to ask forgiveness would only hurt them then in that case i've read that it is better to not do it and instead to seek forgiveness from god so like let's say you you know, you're like driving and you hit a parked car on the side of the road and you just hit, do a hit and run and you take off. Um, and you're never going to be able to figure out like who, whose car you hit. Um, Mm -hmm. in that case, you, if you like sincerely seek forgiveness from God, I believe that that is considered not necessarily like it's, it's taken care of. That's really up to God, but that's, that's the route that you should take. So um, that being said, because you know this person, you're you are able to like communicate with them. Apparently, then if if you if you can in some way do so in a way that would not be more harmful than just staying quiet, then you should do it. That's my understanding. But if if it would do if it would make matters worse somehow, then yeah, you it said that you should not do that. It instead seek forgiveness from God. Um, I think it, just on the basis of this question, it does seem like a sincere sort of desire to seek forgiveness. So you're 90% of the way there, you know? Sure. That's the big thing I would say is just that you got a, probably a long life ahead of you uh, in addition to all this other stuff. So, uh, you know, if you can steer out of it in a certain way, you know, and, and do better over the rest of your life, that's probably a you know a good start on top of everything else. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I missed this detail. It says, before converting to Islam, I was horribly abusive. Uh, So when you convert, all your sins that you committed prior to your conversion are wiped out as if they didn't exist. So in a technical sense, you're off the hook. But I know for many people, uh, myself included, that doesn't really feel great. That doesn't feel like it's taken care of in that way. Um, But God... uh, you know, he's the all-forgiving and he loves to forgive, as he says many times in the Quran. So just understand that he 
he he wants us to seek forgiveness. So the whole point of allowing us to sin is so that we can seek forgiveness from him and establish a closer connection with him. So I, th- I think you're on the right path here and just don't beat yourself up too much about it. Um, you know, if you did some horrible things, well, then you did some horrible things. And you, yeah, like Don said, you have your whole life ahead of you. So, you know, just try to do right in the future. And that's all you can really do. Everybody mm-hmm. makes mistakes, you know, even uh, sometimes they're really, really terrible and you don't understand wh- what you were doing until later. But it is what it is. And all you can really do is take your best foot forward. Uh, let's see. What's the shortest amount of time it took you to convince someone to absolutely despise you? My personal best is about three minutes. That's a very good question. I don't know. I guess uh, it depends. If you mean in person, um, I feel like online I get people to despise me pretty quickly. Sometimes they like read one tweet and then they're gone. But uh, in in person, I don't know. Probably pretty quickly too. I don't know. Sometimes people say I have like a punchable face and stuff. So I feel <laughs> like that probably gets me there faster than most people. But we'll see. I don't think you have a punchable face. Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I could physically punch your face. So I guess in that sure. sense, it is a punchable face. But I, I don't, you don't have yeah. one of those faces where it's just like, oh, this, you want to punch this guy. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a specific example. That, that's hard to gauge because sometimes you just don't know. I think that's one thing that I tend to go over the top with some of this stuff. Like if I want someone to get all riled up and angry at me or whatever, I don't really pick up on oh, they're actually mad now kind of a thing, and I just keep going with it because I'm having fun. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I I have no idea. People should come with little, like, sim, like the sims, you know, like little bars or whatever, things that pop up above their head. So, and they're like, oh, you trolled them. Move on to the next one. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, Okay, let's see. (laughs) Okay. How do we keep the sins of white people a secret? I think when the other races find out what we've been up to, they're not going to be happy. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. They're narrowing in on the truth. Pretty soon they're going to figure it out. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I, yeah, I feel like by the time, like as time marches on, then uh, more and more people, like we've already established that both of us are POC, so I feel like it'll just keep uh, narrowing down and down where people will be like, no, I'm not white. I'm I'm uh, Scottish or something like that. You know, like <laughs> something will be, it'll just keep narrowing down where people will be like, They'll be all angry at white people, but that white people will only be considered like five guys in Alabama. Yeah, it'll become like some sort of like like a Gnostic evil god thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The white people in the sky that we hate and cause all the bad things. Sure. But like uh, people that are like uh, German-American will be like, I'm not white, I'm German-American or something. Right, yeah. 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 I think the way to do it, though, is to d- keep distracting people with, like, little kind of superficial annoyances, like uh, white girls wearing, like, you know, culturally appropriating stuff for Halloween, or and mm-hmm. they'll kind of uh, focus on that sort of stuff, and they won't ever get to the, the truly deep, dark truth of the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a little breadcrumb trail a- away from the truth. Kind of right, yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer curved or straight swords? Um, uh, straight swords, for me personally. All right, I guess I guess Islam is traditionally curved, or are they? 
I suppose that's the that's the like the iconic thing, right? But I I think they had both. Yeah. And to be honest, I think uh, in Europe they also had some curved swords too. I don't think it was like some sort of like you know Western people slice like this and Eastern (laughs) people slice like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they have different uses. Yeah, I like the straight ones, the ones that are all like, you know, just the ones that have the little triangle top and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. cool. I don't know. My favorite one of those kind of like medieval like uh, weapons, whatever, like the swords and knives and stuff are those little daggers that people have to like get in between the plated armor. I just think that's such a it's so brutal, that kind of combat that they were like, okay, we're just going to put on heavy shit that is going to block everything and then just try to stick little knives in between the holes of the of yeah. <laughs> the plated armor yeah that's messed up i don't know war is war is very strange to me i don't know i don't know yeah not really uh it's too brutal i don't, know. don't like it no. yeah but that it is <laughs> uh okay was arrested for indecent exposure in front kamala harris and her family during the inauguration please help Send lawyers. I'm going to Guantanamo. Uh, I don't know, man. You shouldn't have done that. We we spent yeah. like 30 minutes talking about the aura and the public decency and stuff earlier <laughs> this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, I don't know. Maybe like you'll like inspire a movement or something. Like everyone will start doing it. Like yeah. Flash come kind on. of thing. Yeah, and then. She she won't be able, she'll be like in a secure location because she can't be out in public or someone will flash her. So like uh, and then like her when well, then all of a sudden one day like her secret service guards will start flashing her. Like, <laughs> like we got Olympus an inside had, man. Yeah, like uh, some sort of Olympus has fallen kind of thing, but just yeah. for a decent exposure and something like that. Yeah. That's sort of like locking your account in real life, like going into yeah. hiding because people keep showing you their <laughs> balls or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I, I salute you as a hero, but you have violated Sharia, so that's that's a problem for me too. Mm-hmm. Life is complicated. Yeah. Uh okay. Do you think the Soviet Union might have been secretly backing apartheid South Africa? It can't be a coincidence that one fell right after the other. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe maybe like a lot of things like this happen because of that. Yeah. I like that I like that connection. That's right. a good. That's a good like uh, blog article type of history kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, but they could also be like maybe like Fight Club was in development, <laughs> and uh, or some you know like all these different things that had been in development and only came out in the nineties or early two thousands because the Soviet Union fell. Right. I don't know. Like uh, Nintendo sixty four or something. Yeah, didn't didn't the Soviets back the um. What was it called? The ANC? Yeah. But I th- I think that in this question, what they're saying is that it's like some sort of secret double dealing kind of thing where they were also backing the National there, Party. There was some weird stuff going on with that. I'm trying to think what it was. Maybe it was the Iran-Iraq war where there was like some weird people. Like It was very strange bedfellows in that war in terms of like who was supporting each side. And I think mm-hmm. the Soviets and South Africa were both backing Iran, I think. Oh, yeah. So that so. that's there is some kind of connection there, I guess. Yeah. It all comes back to the Majusi menace. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Here it says, Tom, how can you live without jihad? I don't live without jihad. Everybody lives with jihad. I mean, you just heard, heard about the guy that pulled his balls out in front of Kamala Harris. That's jihad right there. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not doing that, but everyone's got their own jihad. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not going outside, so I can't go fight like Kufar or whatever. Yeah. You, you have to do it over the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. That, this is my jihad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it'd be funny if, like, somehow our terms of service got broken because you uh, <laughs> were like jihadist airwave, I don't know, whatever, radio show. That I feel like that would somehow be good for the show somehow. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, I kill people for a living, and being a fan of yours, I offer to kill one mod that you used to hate. Just say the name. Came with the killing. We got yeah. some real psychos listening to this thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgive the mods because they know not what they do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, that's a good policy. I don't know. Without the mods, you can't have trolls, kind of thing, right? Like you gotta, it's like a yin and yang kind of thing. It's like yeah, the, and it's also one of those things where you don't want to just have a rotating door of moderators, and they gotta keep finding more people, and they feel more and more pressure to get like a stricter, more like tyrannical person in place because these people keep dropping like flies. You want to play it like Mr. Leahy, you know, like in the trailer park boys, yeah, you exactly. have some drunk yeah. idiot there who you can control and manipulate and stuff. So I, I yeah, I, I say, let's keep them alive and, and just uh, keep them miserable. Sure. Yeah. That's one of the problems with these like anonymous Twitter moderators and stuff like that. Is that we right. can't like we don't know who they are, so we can't like play off them in any way. It's just like fighting against uh, it's like playing tennis against a brick wall kind of thing. There's no there's no one behind <laughs> yeah. it. You can't. So. Um. Hey, can you guys give a shout out to my friends OnlyFans? It's at Muslim Tom's mom. Okay, shout out to Muslim Tom's mom on OnlyFans. And leave your yeah. sinful behaviors. Yeah. Uh, okay, should I relapse? Should I relapse to generate content for my podcast? Why or why not? I don't think you should relapse for any reason whatsoever. It's very bad for you. It'll ruin your life. Yeah. And you're, even doing a podcast kind of ruins your life already in a way, so that's sure. already like a, yeah. a bad move. Yeah, I think maybe, uh, you maybe tease it though. Like over the course of their podcast, just keep teasing that you might fall back into it or something because uh one that like keeps it interesting but also like have you ever seen like a tv show where like uh you know a sitcom or something where two people are like teased that they might be in love or something uh mm-hmm. once it gets to the point where they actually are in love no one wants to watch it you know what i mean it's not good yeah that's kind of what like keeps it, this show going too sure exactly so you know you can't you can't just like uh you, you can't actually bring it to that point you can only say I might relapse, I might relapse, I'm going to relapse or something. And then if you actually did, people would stop listening. So, yeah, it's like know. jumping the shark, right? Exactly. So, Yeah, I think there's actually like a big audience for like the whole sobriety kind of thing in podcasts and YouTube and stuff like that. Sure. So think about it that way. Maybe you can do a guy sitting in front of a bottle or needle or whatever it is and you just are like, 
talking into a microphone to your audience is a way of keeping yourself sane and away from the drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what do you think was the first city to be gentrified ever? Hmm. Um, um, got to define terms a little bit here. So gentrification, are we, are we projecting this back through history or? Yeah, I'm not sure. See, cause if it was something like this, I think you would maybe say something like Paris or something like just demolishing whole neighborhoods and rebuilding them and stuff like that, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, um, or something like that. But like, uh, I think it'd be fun just to, yeah, I would say maybe, maybe Eden because people mm-hmm. got kicked out. They were like living there and then they got kicked out, um, because they couldn't, you know, they, uh, they were bad elements they were considered. So, um, yeah, maybe it goes back to like that. Yeah. Like that was the first gentrification. People having to, and then having to get bad jobs and stuff, like toiling the land and whatnot. Makes sense. So. I was going to say, like, it's got to be some somewhere in China. I don't know where that would be, but it's got to be China. They just kind of do everything first, you know? Sure. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back, like, 500 BCE or something in China, there was, like, someone uh, opened up, like, a art district or something in like a giant old city or something. Yeah. Yeah. The terracotta yeah. warriors were actually yeah, yeah, kicked yeah. out of their home. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, yeah, made yeah. room for, for real soldiers. Sure. Uh, all right. This one is a little bit long. Let's see. Hi there. I want to give a shout out to my boyfriend. He is a big fan of your podcast and I'm pretty sure he is a patron. He might be embarrassed with me asking this, but he has been exploring his faith, has been studying and learning more about Islam. He is slowly reading the Quran and listens to many YouTube lectures by Hamza Yusuf and Selim Ibrahim. Sometimes I join in and I watch them too. I'm Greek Orthodox, but I feel we are spiritual partners amongst other things. I'm wondering if you guys could give him some advice on beginning this new exploration in his faith, especially considering he is developing his Arabic skills and is hoping to recite prayers regularly. I'm sure you guys have probably talked about this kind of stuff before, but I want to give him a special shout out because we're long distance right now. I'm hoping while he walks about La Fontaine Park in the evenings, he hears this and feels a tiny bit special. Thanks for your time. Well, that's very sweet. I think that's really cute. Yeah. And it sort of reminds me of like me and Taps a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this was probably written by like a 55 year old guy that like uh, (laughs) lives in like... uh, cleveland or something and it's just like yeah talking about the uh, guy he's grooming on discord or something yeah no it's not even it has no relationship to reality whatsoever <laughs> kind of, yeah, just like, i don't know but you know if not uh i don't know it is a little bit romantic so it's nice um yeah i don't know i i feel like that i, I don't know i i kind of agree with this too that it's like yeah just chip away at it kind of thing and see how it benefits you in different ways see how you feel better about it and uh, see where it goes kind of thing so yeah they, yeah I mean they seem to have the right idea I like the names that were being dropped here if he's already working on Arabic I mean that's that's great that's a real commitment so yeah I, I got nothing nothing really to offer here I, I guess uh, just take it easy uh, but it seems like you guys have the right attitude so yeah um, like you understand that like this, I like this idea of we are spiritual partners amongst other things. I like this idea of 
the reality of your life is important and it's not just some kind of like abstract theological question like how does this actually mm-hmm. pertain to my real existence that's i think that's really fundamental to having a like a religious understanding and a religious experience that makes sense and isn't some kind of bizarre larping sort of thing sure so yeah yeah that's great um i hope it works out long distance can be difficult so yeah all caps. Got to read the all caps ones. By the way, pot is haram, you bakr worshiper. Okay. I don't think I've ever said anything different. Mm-hmm. Seems like yeah. we've got a, a Shia listener who does not like me being Sunni or something. Bakr worshiper sounds like an anti-Sunni thing. Yeah. And uh, the next question, I'm not sure if it's related. I mean, this one. Are there any modern-day examples of the application of Sharia that you actually like, Muslim Tom? Yeah, and Muslim so, in quotes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, the, I'll just address the, like, in quotes Muslim thing. Uh, most Muslims have problems with the way that Sharia is applied around the world today. And it's not to say that I think that, like, each and every aspect of the way that Sharia is implemented is problematic. But as a whole like there's just not a great example whether i like it or not i mean i don't know like i don't like most governments in the world so (laughs) yeah yeah you know does that make me like a fake citizen of the of the world or something i don't know you know what i mean like it's uh it's a little bit funny to like you don't need to uh love some modern government to be muslim you can go through history and there's probably tons of times where there were a bunch of crappy governments that were actually governing by Sharia that I would uh, appreciate a lot more than what I see today. And I probably still wouldn't like the government just because they were like, you know, even though some aspects of of them were like what I would perceive as authentic and like legitimate uh, applications of religious law, maybe they are corrupt in other ways and stuff that I wouldn't like and that many other people wouldn't like, you know? So, Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So in short, uh, not, not especially. Not really, to be honest, but I would say that I just don't like uh, most examples of governance in general that I see. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you you would claim to be the arbiter of all Sharia or something like that, that it has to be, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, sure. doesn't, yeah. yeah, no, of, I don't know. of course not. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm very much like uh, aware and... Uh, of the fact that I'm like a Western convert who doesn't live in the Muslim world. Like I don't have any connection to that. And that's, that's who I am. That's fine. It's not, a. it doesn't make me, I, I don't see that as a, like undermining my faith or my ability to like claim that faith or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, sure. uh, that's who it is. Islam is uh, something that if it's intended for all people, it's also intended for people like me, you know? So, Sure. And if you got a problem with that, you got a problem with it. I I don't really care. Sure. Uh, Tom, you're a fan of rap, aren't you? Are you a fan of the late German rapper Deso Dog? Uh, yeah, I, I like rap. I guess. Um, I don't know about this rapper unless it's the uh, there was like a Muslim German rapper who was really big. I don't. Oh, maybe this is the guy. Yeah, I think this is the guy. So, 
Um, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you may remember the episode we did with our German friend Khalid, who was telling us about the situation in Germany. And uh, he has told me about this rapper. Uh, apparently, he became an ISIS guy. <laughs> so he was like a very <laughs> yeah. popular rapper. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure what his like ethnic background is, if he was like Turkish or something. Oh, it says here he's uh, Ghanaian. So, um, yeah, he was like a big rapper and uh, and pretty popular and then got more and more kind of combative with the government and with the police and stuff like that and eventually became an ISIS dude. Hmm. So, did he die or did he just... I don't know. Is he dead? Let's see. Yeah, he died in 2018 in Syria. R.I.P. Okay. Yeah. As Abu Malik, he changed his name. Hmm. Well, that sucks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that didn't go well, I guess. Oh, here's one for you, Don. I have a piece of the One True Cross here at home. Should I sell it or send it to you guys? Um, I'm not sure what I would be able to do with it myself. I don't know. So uh, I would say maybe give it to a museum or something. It, or or you could sell it and give the money to our Patreon or something like that. So and then we. And I like that idea. Pay that forward in some way, down the line. If, if I if I had of- something like that, I would like make an exhibit about it but then act like yeah this is the supposedly the one true cross but i don't really believe in that that's all fake you know but it's whatever like you can look at it you can you can uh buy a ticket if you want but i I don't care about this yeah yeah so the moral of the scorsese jesus movie is that jesus showed his dick to everyone so no one would need to show his dick i think that's about right i haven't seen this movie but that sounds about right Oh, so so this confused me for a second because they're talking about uh, the last temptation of Christ or something like that, right? Is that it that they're talking about? I I guess so. Was that a Scorsese movie? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the one with the uh, um, Willem Dafoe, uh, right? Willem Dafoe. Yeah. For a second, I thought they meant Silence, the one about the Japanese, the people that go to the Jesuit priests that go to Japan. Yeah. But uh yeah, no that's a different one I guess. So uh same moral um, strangely, it's basically the same moral I guess. Yeah. I don't I haven't seen either of these movies. Maybe these Oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's good. I actually really like Scorsese movies, but I just have seen like half of them. Sure. Yeah, and I mean they're they're a lot different than the other ones I guess, but like uh yeah. I watched the first like 20 minutes of The Last Temptation of Christ uh a while ago, but then I never really, I don't know. It was like I kind of put it on as like a kind of like a fluke kind of thing. And then it was like way too intense to just watch casually kind of thing. It's yeah. Like, uh, you got to start with the yeah. first temptation and kind of work your way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What What is the uh, last temptation? What is that supposed to be a reference to? Uh, so uh, in the movie, uh, Willem Dafoe plays Jesus as like a tortured kind of person who uh, like sins a lot. Mm. Um, and, uh, so it was, it was controversial when it came out cause like, yeah. So Jesus is like an average kind of guy. Well, like not average, but like, you know, doing a lot of bad stuff, I guess. Right. Yeah, like yeah. not being Jesus. I, I remember, uh, reading that this actually caused a lot of controversy and protest and stuff in the Muslim world too, that they did not like this uh, oh, yeah. portrayal of Jesus either. So, yeah. So I, yeah. And I guess that, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the whole movie either, so I really shouldn't. You know, 
get into it, but yeah. Well, it's never stopped us before, but fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys think the friendly neighbor white nationalist is a schizo? He doesn't seem... I wouldn't say that necessarily. It doesn't seem like he has mental problems, just he has uh, strong opinions, and this is a free speech zone, so it's all it's all good. Yeah, I think they probably... I wouldn't even be surprised if they have some sort of automated thing. Or something. I feel like they probably are not logging in every week or so and, and saying Muslim Trump, Tom is a race traitor. Yeah, which is know. literally the next comment on here, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. In fact, that makes me suspicious. I wonder if he sent that in and he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a little insecure about it. He's wondering if he needs to go see a, a head shrink, you know. Sure. I don't know. I'm sure he's like a, a nice guy. Sure. Hi, Pod. Do you have any thoughts on competitive gaming or esports? I was hoping to hear you guys touch on that last episode. Okay, so this was sent a little while ago, so I'm not. Maybe they were talking about the uh, episode we did about computer games and stuff with Gerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't really have thoughts on it, to be honest. It's just a thing that happens. Do you watch any of this like Twitch stuff or anything, or? I anyway. I watched yeah I watched some Twitch stuff yeah I used to watch a lot of Magic on Twitch and uh, I've kind of lost interest in Magic lately and now I'm playing Slay the Spire and I watch uh, there's this really great streamer that I've been watching a ton of on there who streams that game his name's Life Coach and he is uh, German and mm-hmm. he just cracks me up because he sounds very German he looks like Genghis Khan like I think he mm-hmm. might be Turkish I haven't confirm this but he might be like a german turk or something but mm-hmm. he he's just, i don't know it's just hilarious to hear like a a german guy play these games for some reason like whenever mm-hmm. something bad happens he goes oh nine man hey and then yeah uh, you know when he thinks something is good he's like oh this is super mega ultra very good super <laughs> like it's, i don't know it's just yeah, great yeah, yeah. to like hear an arnold kind of voice That's talking funny. about this little game yeah whenever i try to watch like twitch or anything like that i honestly cannot track what's going on ever i don't know just to, there's too much stuff going on on the screen i just don't like if people are playing like a csgo or something like that kind of thing i just i can't follow the action i just yeah it, it's just, for some reason it's too people will post like a epic headshot or something and i have no it doesn't like register to me what's going on and uh yeah although i have started watching youtubes of games that i'm thinking about playing mm-hmm. um like reviews and stuff and uh that has helped a lot to kind of get an idea of what's going on i don't know i never used to do that ever so getting into it now so yeah yeah cool that's that's sort of what i do too like uh, i don't play a lot of like really uh like reflex heavy games like shooters and stuff and i'm the same way i can't watch that stuff on twitch like when i watch something on twitch i'm not really like sitting and staring at it and like glued to it it's sort of just like background and yeah. uh, like for the example, this life coach guy, when he plays, he's kind of like notorious for taking an extremely long time and just sitting on a choice that you would, if you were playing by yourself, you might just immediately like click something in like three seconds and you're, and you're done with it. But he will sit there and like mull it over and talk to the chat about it for like 20 minutes or whatever. So he'll play like a run and it'll take him like seven hours to complete. And maybe an mm-hmm. average run of Slay the Spire is like an hour maybe an hour and a half if you're really like being careful 
but mm-hmm. he kind of like just likes to like think everything through and calculate it all and stuff. So I'm not like sitting there just like watching it and like I don't know. It's like background stuff. Sure. Which I think is how a lot of people watch Twitch. Like they have it on their second monitor in the background as they're doing something else. Mm-hmm. The other day, uh, Tabs walked in on me playing Slay the Spire, and uh, I forget she like wanted me to help her with something or, or whatever. So I closed out the game, and then she saw that behind the game, I had a browser window open with Twitch, and I was listening to someone else play the game. And she was like, "Are you playing the game while listening to someone else play the game?" And <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm like, you know, they kind of talk through their decisions. It kind of helps me learn how to think through the game and stuff." And she just thought that was like completely insane that I was doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I don't know. Maybe you listeners will agree that I am crazy for doing this. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, and I guess kind of. Building off that last question, would you consider doing a live stream of the show with cameras and stuff? It'd be cool to see what you and your immediate environments look like. Um, I'm not 100% against it, but there are some things about that that I don't like. So I like that I am fairly anonymous online, and I've been able to keep that for years. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a reason to throw that away. You know, I don't I don't really think it would necessarily harm me in any way to have my face and name and stuff connected to the stuff I say online, especially anymore. Like I'm pretty chilled out about what I don't think it would really bother most people anymore. But I just don't see a reason to uh, break OPSEC like that. You know, like what's the point? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't have a webcam, so I'd have to buy that. And then like I think I would have to like futz around with the lighting and the. You know, my bedroom's not like a mess, but it's not necessarily like very streamery or anything. You know what I mean? Like a lot of those people have like lighting and all that kind of stuff set up. So, Yeah, I'm not really, I don't know. My internet's not really good enough to do this, I don't even think. Yeah, that's true. Um, So it wouldn't even really be much of an option. But yeah, I feel like the, the, the marginal benefit of doing it is probably not that big. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe down the line, maybe eventually once I like have a penthouse condo in Toronto or something. Yeah. Yeah. Once once we get the Patreon numbers up. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's a little bit funnier. The whole Muslim Tom, like that whole thing is a little bit funnier when it's not like when you can't actually see me and it's just like obviously like a white guy's voice, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rather than, like, actually seeing the person. I don't know. Sure. Uh, All right. What's the moral difference between saying, please pass the salt and pass the fucking salt, you dumb asshole? In both cases, the salt gets passed. Well, in one, in the first one, you have been polite to the person, so you're showing them respect. And in the second one, you're being rude, so you're showing them disrespect. So the moral difference here is the the respect quotient but it could also be respectful to tell someone something about themselves that they didn't know it's true if you're trying to like inform them help them remember that you know they are that then uh that could help them down the line yeah the first you could also be saying please like pass the salt in like a sarcastic like kind of catty passive aggressive sort of way and then you could be saying like please pass the fucking salt you dumb asshole and kind of like a chummy kind of you know sure kind of way so 
Yeah. That's that's true, but I'm, I was just taking that at face value. Sure. Okay. All right, so with that one, I think we'll wrap up here. Um, I'm I'm going to go enjoy it. We are putting together a kind of a celebratory dinner for having hit the 100 episode mark. So we're having some big deli sandwiches that we are putting together. We're going to have some bread right out of the oven. Got some roast beef and some provolone. I think uh, Tabs is pickling some red onions to put on there and stuff. So Wow, sounds good. Uh, she's also baking beans and making coleslaw. So that will be a lovely dinner. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, listening, guys. And uh, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to our Patreon, where you'll get a second episode every week. And also access to our Discord, where you can chat with uh, fellow UK winners and offer suggestions in the Discord on the questions and topics. And you can also ask questions through the Curious Cat link on the Twitter webpage, which is at UK Pod. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you later.